Hey, this is Demo Demolition episode three. And today we are talking about the wonderful 101 Remastered. And uh, we are here with uh, Mr. Matt and Mr. Trevor. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. I have my own podcast. It's a movie review podcast called Catching Up on Cinema. Awesome. All right, wonderful 101. This one was your recommendation, Dave. And uh, I'm quite pleased with this one. I'm a spoiler right away and say this was a fantastic ride. So with that being said, let's get right into it. What did you think of the visuals, Trevor? Oh, um, obviously, like the the resolution and the graphics, um, even though it's a remastered, funny enough, like uh, I played this on PC, by the way, uh, via Steam. Okay. Um, so the graphics, uh, the resolution doesn't go up to like a full 1080p, so it's not like a full true HD game. Um, but I think that's a holdover from the game's origins as a Wii U product, um, and not you know a Wii U product usually uses the gamepad for a lot of its functions. In this case, m- almost all of its functions. Uh, so in terms of resolution, like it's a little bit fuzzy. It's not like a up to standard game in terms of its looks and whatnot, but really vibrant color palette and a really economic, really economical use of their graphics. Um, there's an amazing sense of scale in, in how the game plays out, where the camera does like the Samurai Showdown thing, where if you pull away from your opponent, like the camera zooms all the way out and then it comes yeah, back in. Yeah. Really dramatic camera work and really good angles and the lighting and the, the frames per second in particular, like it's silky smooth. Um, I think Platinum Games, who, who developed this game, um it's like a standard of theirs like they tend to prefer all their games to run at 60 fps um, which is generally very very smooth for most people um non-esports people that is <laughs> but um and yeah the game holds up to that standard and i it it looks really great for what it is like you can tell that like the number of polygons on the screen or whatever and the shaders at work are not the most complex but they they really put their engine together and their their art assets together in such a way that they really like squeeze every bit of juice out of that out of that fruit <laughs> very nice dave what did you think of the visuals uh i enjoyed it quite a bit uh considering that it was a pretty old game that got remastered i could hear what trevor was saying about the graphics not being up to par with today's standards but for what they did I thought they did a spectacular job on. I thought that their designs for their characters and the world were really at the top of the game, considering how old the game is and what platform it was running on. So I was pretty impressed initially from the get-go with how they handled level design, um, and especially with the concept of looking at it from a top-down three-quarter perspective and not getting too lost within that because that's an easy uh, format for you to get confused about where to go. So I thought they did a pretty good job on that. Um, the colors, I think, were all on top of their game, especially color coding their superheroes um, and the villains. So you get a good idea about who's bad and who's on your side. I was going to say, like, mine's short and sweet, but it reminded me of a game called Beautiful Joe mixed with Wii Sports. So, which makes sense that it was on, you know, Wii U. So that's really all I got from the visuals. I enjoyed it very much. I think you're right on, dead on with the color palette. And yeah, uh, moving along with the audio and music, what'd you think about that, Trev? It's kind of a mixed bag, to be completely honest. Um, a lot of like the in-game music feels a little bit boilerplate, to be honest. Um, the cutscenes, like the in-game cutscenes, anyway, seem kind of kind of flat honestly like it felt like stock music 
um, the the action music that played during the the demo stages that we got to play all of them um, of which there were many levels to play through <laughs> uh, surprisingly enough uh, I personally clocked about a hundred minutes of gameplay uh, over the course of just one playthrough of this demo um, the action music that plays during the stages uh, felt kind of reminiscent of Alan Silvestri's score for the Avengers movie uh, which funny enough came out just a year before the original release of this um, and I, I have to assume that a little bit of the concept of this came came about as a result of of uh, the superhero fever that you know just the general pop culture across the globe was experiencing in the late or the early uh, 2010s. Um, but the the real highlight, the one thing that like makes all everything I just said completely irrelevant, is the the theme song. Um, <laughs> I played this game in Japanese, and I think that was a very wise choice because everything about this product oozes. Uh, Japanese entertainment. Um, I'll, I'll I'll point out some specific details later on, but um, the theme music is is boisterous and powerful, and it it kicks in at all the moments you really want it and need it to. And I I just had the biggest shit eating grin on my face every time it came on. <laughs> so you, you know the the standard action music was kind of eh, and the the hit sounds did the job. Nothing that really blew my mind and stuff. Um, but that theme song. Um, I'm, I'm sure it comes up every time you want it to. And I'm sure there's like a modified or like remixed version of it uh, that pops up later in the game. So uh, I was very, very, very happy with that. But um, uh, how about you, Dave? What did you think of the, the audio portion of things? Um, <clears throat> when I first turned on the game after having downloaded and installed it, that theme song rocked, rocked my world. I was like, okay, I think immediately I'm going to enjoy playing this game quite a bit. And I felt that I can't really say I noticed too much of the music going on in the background as I fought, but I really did enjoy uh, the fighting sounds, you know, your connection with the sword or the creating of, uh, you know, either the gun or the fist, you know, using your powers. Um, also uh, using the deflect. Uh, I can't recall what the power is right now off the top of my head, but guts um, i think it was called yeah it was wonder guts you know so just initially like using wonder guts and then having you know like an object bounce off of that and back on was pretty solid especially um since it was an older game remastered i thought they did a pretty good job on it but that theme song the overall initial feel and the the atmosphere of the music really lends well to that game because it is like an overly bombastic game you know, like all the characters are pretty over the top. Everyone's got their own like entrance move, you know, almost as if they're Power Rangers, you know, so it just really fed into that pretty well and made it fit overall. So pretty enjoyable. I was going to say it. I think Trevor, uh, I I'm glad you got to experience it that way, because um, for me, I play it in English and there were many, many moments throughout where I was curious, like, how or I personally felt it would have been much much better if it were in Japanese just because it's such a Japanese game like even the theme the theme actually translated pretty well but some of the characters voices um you know in the American version it's they're a little childlike and a little obnoxious um the blue wonder blue I I enjoyed him um the surfer kind of dialect but Outside of that, it was pretty uh, standard, you know, when you get a translation of like an anime. So, um, but yeah, 
I very much enjoyed the theme and, and yeah, I'll agree for the most part, most of the audio and, you know, throughout the game didn't really stand out, but I didn't think that was a problem because I also found myself so focused on the control aspect of it that, you know, I didn't have time to pay attention to anything else, which actually leads us into our next category control. What'd you think of that, Trevor? Uh, well, I sounds like maybe we see eye to eye on this, even though I don't know if you're leaning positive or negative with that comment. Um, the controls for this game were a little bit finicky. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I think that's a holdover from the fact that this game is a Wii U title, um, originally released in 2013. And uh, a lot of the controls, um, I was playing this on an Xbox One controller. I don't own an Xbox One. I just have a controller <laughs> because it it, uh, it syncs up with your PC really well. But I was playing it on that controller and all of the wonder abilities you use in the game, of which you have to use you have to use them all constantly. Um, uh, you have to execute them with the right analog stick. So you have to draw images with an analog stick. Um, dr physically drawing that on a on a like tablet in your lap, I'm sure is a hell of a lot easier than doing it with an analog stick where things like drawing a straight line, it's like, well, how long do I want to make it? It's like you push the stick a little bit and it's like, oh, that's way too long. <laughs> and like You push it like a little bit further and it's like, well, that's not long enough. It's, it feels very imprecise. Um, and I found myself drawing a lot of shapes that I didn't intend to, um, mostly because of things like the per camera perspective or something tripping me up. Or like I said, the sensitivity of the analog stick maybe not synchronizing with, with my thumb. Um, so I had a lot of party fouls while I was playing and um, it resulted in an experience where I was, I felt like I wasn't doing well, like I was getting beat up by the enemies more often than I probably should have because I was thinking too much about being precise and deliberate with my movements. It's kind of like, again, playing like an SNK fighting game where it's like trying to do a basic fireball motion, but you have to go like down, down, forward, forward at that speed otherwise it won't fucking register <laughs> but um the controls are very novel uh, i really love the concept um this this game is just oozing with charisma when it comes to like like quirks and and really really novel ideas um but playing it with an xbox one controller i think is not the best way to do it um i actually would love to see what this game is like like how it handles on an actual wii u because you can tell that it was designed with that in mind uh, how about you dave how are the controls on your end um having playing on a playstation 4 there's a touchpad that you can utilize with that game so it kind of has that built-in function and i was going to say um using the joystick is actually much easier than using that touchpad um, yeah i hate that touchpad <laughs> it's it's faster and it's easier to draw what you need to draw which Drawing can be frustrating at times in wrong situations, like you're saying, whether or not you're <clears throat> at the right angle. Like, so one of my worst experiences with it is using uh, Wonder Eyes Green and his gun. Mm -hmm. And not really, I always go up and to the right. So his gun, almost inexplicably, is always pointing in the wrong direction I needed to. So, you know, the bad guy could be on the left at me and I'll just draw my gun to the right. <laughs> I'll gotcha. shoot and I'm like, well, what are you doing? You know, so <clears throat> just trying to get around that mental hurdle. But I really enjoy using the sword the most. Um, and the problem with this game, which will bleed into gameplay, is that you don't always want to use the sword or you don't always want to use the gun. You know, there's points yeah. where you got to use, you know, the correct power. And it's kind of a puzzle 
in that sense, but um, using a joystick definitely was uh, a better experience because I started off using the pad and I was just like, man, if this game is going to be like this for, you know, however many hours it's going to take, <laughs> I might be down another controller because it's probably going to be on the ground in pieces. But uh, once I learned that using the joystick was arguably the most efficient way to like pull off what you needed to do, uh, the game become much more fun. And I do enjoy how um, the size really does determine on like, say, the sword drawing it a certain amount versus utilizing like your entire group. So your your weapon, so I know this kind of bleeds into gameplay, but your weapon becomes more powerful with the more team members you have in your group. So it also becomes larger. So with Wonder Blue, he draws a sword and that's just the weapon he always uses that's tied to him. And you could just do way more damage with a larger party because they're all utilized in building that sword and Wonder Blue is wielding that thing against whatever enemy you use, you know, fighting against. So um, pretty cool mechanic in that, but um, using the touchpad, I could see being confusing in the sense that it's pretty small. And if I remember that we use touchpad was a bit larger. So yeah. maybe with that being in mind, like it was probably a funner experience with the Wii U as opposed to a PS4's controller or just not even having the ability to use a touchpad with, say, the PC or an Xbox. What do you think, Matt? I was going to say I, I use the right control stick as well. Um, I hate the PS4 touchpad. I feel like it's way too sensitive, so I didn't even bother giving it a shot, um, even though it's an option. Uh, you can use it to bring up some sub-menus, which is kind of cool. But yeah, I, I shared the experience of having some imprecise um, you know, controls at times, but at the same time, I think just the nature of the game is so chaotic that it worked. Like I was never too frustrated about it just because I kind of enjoyed just shit going on constantly everywhere. So even if I screwed up making the wrong, you know, shape, or even if I brought up, you know, the gun instead of the sword in a moment, it really didn't cause too much other than a moment of frustration. So in that sense, um, I didn't mind it. I really actually enjoyed the fact that it took me a while to get comfortable with the controls because admittedly I played through probably a quarter of the demo not knowing at all what I was doing other than how to dash and move around. So, but yeah, once I figured it out, like it was, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, I wish it was a bit more imprecise, but um, you know, that's, it was very quite the undertaking for the developer. So I think it was still a solid uh, result. Um, okay, could I jump in really quick? Absolutely. So it took me, I think about six replays of the first like level to start feeling comfortable with that whole mechanic. Um, so, you know, I would just go back and replay like that kind of easier stuff until I understood like what I was doing. And then, you know, after that, like it was, as they added on more mechanics, it became easier. So I was going to say that's comforting. Cause honestly, like once I started to pick up on the mechanics of it, all I wanted to do was go back and do it again, actually knowing what I was doing for that portion. So um, yeah. Uh, moving along to the enjoyment or fun factor. Um, what'd you think, Trap? Oh, well, I'm first off, just going to say, I'm glad both of y'all were uh big enough to admit that you had a little bit of trouble getting the hang of the controls uh, because I, I will freely admit yeah I, I wasn't going to say anything until someone else did but um yeah I had the same issue 
Um, I did have a couple of slip ups during uh, some of those like pretty much freebie like like cutscenes, like context sensitive actions where it's just like draw a sword. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like I have 20 <laughs> seconds to do this and somehow I didn't. Whoops. <laughs> Haven't failed one of these since like Resident Evil 4. That was a long time ago, <laughs> an embarrassingly long time ago. But um, yeah, uh, in terms of enjoyment or uh, challenge rather, um, this is actually uh, maybe maybe a difficult subject to tackle for this for this demo uh, because this demo locks you into very easy mode. Um, so it it puts the kid gloves on everything, um, and we have three people in this discussion all freely admitting that they didn't quite get a handle on how the game functions um, until you know towards the end of the experience or whatever. Uh, at least that was the case for me anyway. Um, I don't know what this game would be like if it was on normal. <laughs> like I feel like some of those uh, errors I made or some of those hits I took in combat maybe would have resulted in several deaths back to back because I did make a lot of mistakes, although I did discover that the tombstone attack is OP um, and I certainly abused it quite a bit. Um, but this developer, Platinum Games, they have kind of a reputation for making um, games with really deep mechanics um, and games that often are very difficult. Um, so I, I suspect that the game, like at a higher difficulty level, um, would offer like true legitimate challenge. Um, but as it stands, only playing it on very easy, I can say uh, it was only challenging in the sense that I was struggling with the controls because you know they're throwing new ideas at you every scene, basically. Um, but you know, after a level or two of that at this dev difficulty level. I probably would be able to breeze through it, honestly, but um, I, I just don't have enough data to work from. But based on the reputation of the developer, I would assume it's a legit tough game. Yeah, thanks for getting back on track. I breezed over the challenge aspect because of what you just said, that you could only play it on the very easy. So it's not quite applicable. And, and I share your sentiment. I actually feel like um, there were certainly some moments I could see being a real royal pain in the ass if I were playing on normal that were quite enjoyable and very easy. So um, mixed feelings, but I'm kind of excited to give it a shot at some point. Dave, what do you think about the challenge overall? Um, this game does not hold your hand. It, it very much throws you out into the pool and you got to learn how to swim really fast or else you'll sink. Um, I'm playing it on normal setting and I think I have it in the mindset of wanting to platinum this game. And one of the platinum trophies is to get a platinum at every end like stage. So zero one, you got to have a platinum ranking zero, zero one, two, you got to have a platinum zero. So it took me many tries on normal to get the platinum on one and two. And even on three, I can't get it because it involves speed how much damage you take and how big your combos are. So still trying to pull that off. So I just told myself I would go through the game and just play out the story, collect all the different heroes that you can get and then go back through and play that on normal and try to get the platinum. But as you progress the game, there's definitely some points where you're expected to use one hero over the other. And that's not something that is easy for you to pick up on. So there's gonna come a point where you're gonna get a um, Wonder Pink and Wonder Pink utilizes a whip and you're gonna come across enemies that have a protective coating of spikes over their body. 
And if you don't pull those spikes off, your wonder gun, fist, or sword are useless. You know, so you're also going to be breaking all those weapons, trying to attack them, and then you're going to take damage. So wonder pink pretty much util makes it utilize it so that you got to pull the armor off, and then you can start utilizing the other characters that you have. You know, so I would say that the game is pretty challenging in that sense. I there is a trophy where you got to beat it, I believe, on the hardest setting. So I, already in my mindset, it's try to get your platinum trophies on normal. You know, I guess I'm not going to shift it down to easy just just for the sheer sake of that. But trying to trying to play it on the max setting is probably going to be like getting through by the skin of your teeth. And if you were to play it on the max setting from the get go and without any understanding about what you need to do, uh, I could see you like pretty much hating this game pretty fast. Um, so I would say that's the one thing that could be bad or good about it is that it doesn't hold your hand. You, you know, you get very little information as far as like what to use at what time. Like it took me the longest time to understand that using the sword was good for deflecting beams, you know? So, you know, oh, I used yeah. to just try to dodge the beams and then I, <laughs> and then I, was, I had the sword out and all of a sudden like, you know, it deflected back at the boss and I was just like, well, all right. Now that I know that after, you know, four hours of gameplay and trying to get the platinum on this level, I probably could have done it a lot sooner. So yeah, I, I learned that from the, uh, the wrap up video they have after you complete the demo. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm sitting there just like, you know, so. As I'm progressing through the game, I'm just kind of wondering now, it's like, uh, what other mechanics am I missing? So, but uh, that, like I said, it could be something that really triggers people into loving the game or triggers people into hating the game. And um, how does that go for you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, like I said, playing on very easy, it was pretty casual in terms of what I experienced, but there was certainly the part of it where like, there was a particular section where you're supposed to save some civilians from a burning building. And I walked past half of them. Like they're on two different buildings and I saved the main ones that, you know, the arrows pointing you towards, but there was another batch of them that I completely missed and it pissed me off to no end. Um, that was definitely one of those sections I want to go back and redo. Um, I, my hat would be off to you if you managed to platinum this because uh, personally for me, like games like that, um, it it's, does not do my mental health any benefits to try to platinum it because it just frustrates me to no end, especially when I know that some cheese like laser beam is going to take me out each time. So, but at the same time, I felt like the gameplay reminded was very reminiscent of older games, which I've felt the only other platinum game I've played is uh, I believe they did the Metal Gear uh, Rising uh, Raiden uh, Revenge. And it's, uh, is that what it's called, Trev? Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. There you go. Revengeance, um, which was another one that had a the feel of like an older game uh, to it, despite having like more modern graphics and speed and everything. So um, on one end, I could see myself being very, very frustrated trying to get platinum trophies on everything. At the same time, I don't think it would be the most frustrating thing to have to redo a level a few times with it. So um, I guess that kind of bleeds into the factor that I had already mentioned, but the fun factor enjoyment level of it. Um, I kind of touched on most of it, but 
I'll just go out and say it. this is probably the funnest game I played in years. Um, just granted, you know, anybody who's actually listening to any past episodes knows that I spent a lot of time with the more like dramatic and story heavy games. So part of that is because of what I'm, you know, experiencing on my own. But I think just getting back to that old school gameplay of just less emphasis on, you know, how impressive it is to see the animations or less focused on being historically accurate and just focused on crazy zany fun like basically i i felt like i finally yeah got to play a game that really embodied the feeling of some of those crazy nintendo games and super nintendo games that really caused me to fall in love with video games what do you think about fun factor trip oh i thought this was a blast um, it, like I said, it's a very charismatic game. Um, the the art style in particular, um, it's hard not to smile at it because it's just so bright and vibrant. And like like David said, all the characters, you know, they gesticulate wildly and they all have like 30 poses they have to go through just to say hello. Um, and you can tell that the, the people making this game um, were raised on like Super Sentai and Master Rider, um, aka Power Rangers and stuff. And I think that's like, the inspiration for a lot of the design work and just the like that general atmosphere of it because it's so obscenely over the top and bright and colorful and every time people speak it's always big grand acting moments and like everything's so over the top it's infectious it's hard not to smile at um but yeah it reminded me a lot of like power rangers and stuff um but married a little bit with like western like superheroes and whatnot um but yeah in terms of uh, just overall enjoyment level this was very very high um i could see myself like having an even better time like once i get my my hands fully attuned to handling the the very precise controls of it um although in watching that demo after the the gameplay demo wrapped up it's like do i have to draw a squiggly line to make the whip that's going to be an issue if i get like in a really intense battle and I'm like, I'm trying to draw a sword, but like my thumb stays shakes or something. It's like, no, not the whip, I want the sword. And inevitably I'm sure that would happen quite a lot in the game. But um, the, the video package that, that concludes the demo really does show off like that this game has a lot more to offer. And it needs to be said like platinum games. I don't know if either of you guys know a whole lot about them, but they really should be my favorite game developer just because of the people who work there and the products that they've all made. Cause beautiful Joe, like you said, it reminds you of it for a reason. The guy who made beautiful Joe works there. And one of my favorite games from that same generation, God hand, that guy works there. <laughs> and it's like all of, all of those little bits of dna that that comprise the company are there and you can see it in this game like through the the quick time events and whatnot and i saw in that demo video that there's a mashing exercise you have to do where you get in like a, a jojo's bizarre adventure style <laughs> like fist of the north star style like socking match with somebody it's like oh yeah i can't wait to do some mashing with giant mechanical fists made out of people <laughs> it's like, and yeah th this game is just it's it's so it's just so bright and fun and, and and i i get that sense of fun when i play it and i i could see myself purchasing the full game because um i actually um the wii u is not a very popular console but this was like one of the very few games that i actually pointed to when that system was first getting rolling and i was like i would totally play that 
And then sure enough, everyone I know who's ever touched a Wii U has never played this game, um, which is why we got a remastered, like a crowdfunded remastered version, because it's a great game that nobody fucking plays. <laughs> and I'm glad they got the remastered out because now I can play it. We can play it. But um, how about you, Dave? How was uh, how was your enjoyment level of uh, oh. Wonderful 101? <laughs> I'm I'm lactose intolerant, and this is something that didn't get me bloated or diuretic or constipated. I just love <laughs> I just love the cheese factor from the get go. Um, the character designs—they're very anatomically not correct. You know, they definitely kind of, <laughs> the big head, small body thing um, was really a big turn on for me. And like you were saying, melding <clears throat> Western style superhero um, culture with a, you know, still very much Eastern flavoring to it, really bonded with me from the get-go. Um, I love the characters. Wonder Blue is one of my favorites, just how cheesy and dumb and surfer boyish he is, you know, so I always love seeing him interact with Wonder Red. You know, Wonder Red's like your all-American, blonde hair, blue eyes, super intelligent, just like leader. You know, Wonder Blue is definitely the more capable fighter, I would say, in a sense, but just doesn't have that kind of brains behind it. But that's what leads to the cheesy ass moments about it. Um, uh, one of your uh, first major boss fights takes place in a baseball stadium. And I just love how cheesy the, the bad guy is, you know, <laughs> eventually getting like a phone call to get called off. You know, he's like, oh, OK, yeah, I got to go. I'll see you guys later and just hops onto a spaceship and flies off and then eventually becomes what uh you guys are telling me is like the last fight of the demo where he's <laughs> captures a, a statue that represents like all the hope and all the good in the city and he's gonna like drop it and then destroy it and just how cheesy that whole fight scene is you know especially with him on top of the thing calling you out so um i think it just overall was just like a super fun experience i felt like it crammed old school action games into like a newer husk and you know and polished it up for today's standards so definitely like you were saying matt brought me back to like older times when i was a kid you know it's it's ninja it's like ninja gaiden without like all the dark depressing demonic foes you know and you just taking like cheesy bright colors with like a lot of um different personality quirks and the bosses are a bit lighthearted, so definitely a lot of fun i'm glad i picked up the game yeah no I, I thought it was an absolute blast and yeah that that boss fight cracked me up uh i enjoyed when you pick up the bat and you have to you know basically <laughs> bat balls directly back at the boss and it's so straightforward because you're fighting on a baseball diamond you know exactly what's coming up the second you pick up the bat but it's just like you, you're just having fun the whole way through the next one the whole time you're fighting on a giant three-headed dragon i mean that, and that's the first level so yeah I, I very much enjoyed the experience with this um how did the game make you feel trevor like a kid uh, made me feel like i was you know seven eight years old sitting like sitting cross-legged in front of the tv playing old nintendo games or something um and a lot of that had to do with the general atmosphere and uh, the similarities to like Super Sentai, like Power Rangers stuff. Um, even in terms of presentation, there, there's some subtle details. Like I said, I was very glad I chose the Japanese language track because dubs are 
getting pretty good these days actually like the the localization teams these days are pretty top notch like like in like triple a titles especially like it there's no shame in like playing a dubbed game in english or something uh, it's not like the old days where it's like oh oh no um, but, but um the japanese language track lends a lot because for me personally it's like i i have background with what this stuff is inspired by so like seeing the presentation style where there's like freeze frames and this like voice like this narrator from out of nowhere has to dump paragraphs of exposition to get the audience up to speed the audience being the player in this case um it's straight out of like common writer or something where it's like every single episode they have to explain who he is what his powers are how those powers work what sort of beef he has with these monsters <laughs> and it actually felt like you dropped into like a mid-season episode of one of those tv shows because the action it just gets going and you can kind of discern right away who the hero is going to be. But when he makes his transformation and the narration starts kicking in, it's like, oh, this is, you know, to get, you know, a person jumping into the series up to speed. And and so much of the presentation reminded me of that. And in, in fact, like the three-headed dragon you mentioned, I thought it, I snickered at the fact that its name is like Orochi. Um, but on top of that, it's like also like something revived. I don't know if it was in parentheses or something, but that implies that the thing was killed previously. So it's like in an earlier saga or episode of the wonderful 101 universe, maybe this dragon paid a visit to Earth and got its ass kicked, but now it's back in cyborg form, kind of like King Ghidorah or something. And I was like, that's so cool. It, it really feels exactly as it should. And like the the dynamism and the cutscenes, which are mostly interactive, which keeps me from getting bored, which is really important because this is an action game by Platinum Games. You would expect it to be like white knuckle action all the time, and it certainly is. I mean, for fuck's sake, Bayonetta has a cameo in the game, and if you've ever played any of those games, they keep you busy, <laughs> um, even during cutscenes and stuff. Um, but yeah, the presentation of the cutscenes and stuff, I was like, this is dumb. This is cheesy. This is over the top, but I'm smiling the whole time. And like when the bad guy gets sliced in half at the end of the demo and is not conscious of the fact that he's been sliced in half <laughs> yeah. and is continuing to taunt them as he's falling. I was like, ah, that's pretty fucking cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't say enough. Uh, it, it really kicked me back to my childhood and, and it was all good. It was, it was a very good experience. But how about you, Dave? What was the... Uh, what 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 did this game make you feel? <laughs> it, it always makes me feel giddy whenever I turn it on and I kind of pick up and playing it again. And nowadays, like Matt was saying, so many games nowadays are dark, super super serious, dramatic. This game does the opposite. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Like you're saying, it's got so many of those cheesy moments and cheesy characters that I just can't help but always smile. And then on top of the theme track, I just automatically get that rush of endorphins whenever I start playing it. You know, uh, if you shave off the stress of trying to get the platinum on it, and that's why I decided to put that on the side, which, you know, was kind of killing the experience <laughs> for me. And like now I'm just like kind of focused on playing the game. It's um, one of those situations where I'm just kind of savoring it. I'll play through a few levels and then it's like, okay, I don't want to burn through this too fast you know, because this is a game that definitely turns my mood around, you know, I'll play this when I'm feeling incredibly bored or kind of just tired of the whole, you know, fact that I'm unemployed in a pandemic. So, you know, whatever I'm 
whatever I'm doing, I'm always going to kind of just do too much of it because I'm not, you know, focused on other parts of life that are shut down right now. So I definitely save this game for those moments where, you know, I just need something fun. You know, I need something that's lighthearted. I need something that's uh, a bit of a challenge, but, you know, not not like mist type levels of challenge, you know, where right. you're just kind of like wanting to stick your head into a vice. So yeah, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm kind of a bit of a kid, like Trevor is saying, you know, it just adds that, that level of sheen to video games that I feel like is missing nowadays. So. Yeah. I was going to say my, my word was grateful. Um, I'm glad that I experienced this game because uh, it's not the type of graphic that, you know, graphic presentation or just, you know, anything that would draw me in typically. Um, so I really appreciate the recommendation, Dave, because it's been a fantastic time. And, and I really think that it's perfect for what you're describing. Like, I think it's a game that's worth savoring. Like, I feel like it would, wouldn't be doing this game justice to just plow through it partially because it is so different from a lot of other traditional games. Like, um, just completely different type of game but like say if you're playing a dark souls game that's a game you play when you just kind of want something to do where you can level up your character from time to time maybe you'll challenge yourself maybe you just feel like collecting items or whatever there's various different ways you can go about it with this one it's such a mad rush of just like giddy fun just craziness that that feels like it's best to just kind of reserve it from time to time when you just kind of need to pick me up you know, especially when, based on what my impression is from the demo um, and where it kind of gives you a preview of things to come, it seems like each uh, following level is going to revolve around whichever new hero you get, whichever new color and whatever superpower they bring along. So you'll have a new type of shape you have to implement in order to complete certain parts of the mission. So rather than allowing that to get frustrating by trying to plow through it like I win a normal game, um, I think it's a perfect type of game where you can just sit down, knock out like a 10 to 15 minute section of a level or push yourself to, you know, the full hundred minute experience like Trevor had said, um, if you're really down, but yeah, it, it's, it was a great time. Um, last question I have, what were the developers thinking when they made this game, Trev? Uh, what can we do with, with the premise we've established and how can we, how can we give more to the player? Um, that that's that's my best guess as to what they were thinking because they they really seem to stretch themselves out quite a bit to to come up with a lot of the ideas they came up with. They're they're too numerous to list, honestly. Where it's like, okay, we have this ability that's going to be your bread and butter. Essentially, it's going to be your final fight auto combo. You hit this button a whole bunch, and the things die if they're vulnerable to that. Um, that would be the wonder hand. So draw a circle, hit the button, you have a big old Whomper. Um, but in addition to that, the Whomper can be used to pick things up and throw them. And in addition to that, it can be used to turn gears and dials. And they have an enemy that's a gachapon machine. <laughs> so you you not only punch it in the face until it submits, <laughs> you turn its, its nuts essentially until it gives you prize balls. <laughs> that's so incredibly creative. And then there's like a... Uh, there's spots where the camera angle shifts and you enter like an indoor environment so the camera instead of the like isometric viewpoint that you play the rest of the game from it goes from like a third person view and you have free reign to control the camera there's like puzzles 
where I, I had to do a giant combination lock using the giant hand. And then um, I intuitively figured out how to do a puzzle. Just um, there's like a giant keyhole. And I was like, what do I have that would fit in the keyhole? It's like, well, clearly a gun. <clears throat> no, it's a sword. <laughs> you use the sword, you jam it in the keyhole. And the game never told me to do that. I just figured it out because I saw something that looked kind of like the dial. And I was like, it's not the same though. It has a little slit. Oh, I put the sword in there. Um, and I'm sure as you go further and further and further into the game, we, we played the first level of this. And, and I just gave you several examples of really novel ideas that were used, not, not like repetitively, just like in, in really novel ways where it just pops up every now and again. And you learn how to do it once. And the game gives you reminders if you forgot, because it is all new. Um, but I'm sure there's so many other things that they do with all these different tools. And I mean, we didn't even get the entire tool set. Um, and again, based on the de the developer's reputation and the insanity of games like Bayonetta, like the you fight fucking God at the end of the first game, and there's two other <laughs> games as far as I know. Like, where do you go from there? And like, if you look at the scale of a two of the bosses you fight in this, it's like God of War three. It's like we skipped God of War one and we jumped all the way to God the Kronos fight from God of War three in the first level halfway through the first level <laughs> so, so it's a very generous game they i i think the developers just took took the time and effort to like really lay out all the tools at their disposal and we're like how can we how can we do even more with all these things <laughs> how can we make all these weapons into tools and 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 multi-tools out like beyond that um but yeah, uh, I, that's my guess as to their mindset. But how about you, Dave? What do you think the developers were thinking? I think they wanted they wanted a product that was gonna break molds. Um, this is very much a very fast paced action game, but it has puzzle mechanics in it. And like I was saying earlier, there's just certain bosses that you're gonna come across that you just haven't fought yet that require you to have to think about the extra tools that you haven't used in your tool set yet. You know, it took me a while to understand that I had to pull the spikes off. I mean, they kind of just give you a wink, you know, they're like, Hey, you know, form this whip and then use this, but you know, further down there's parts where you're like, oh, I could get away with using this here and you can't do that. But so the puzzle mechanics smash with the action, and uh, I haven't played every video game in the world, but this is definitely one of them where, I just haven't come across that. I've either played a puzzle game or I've played an action game. And very rarely do I feel like that there's a hybrid. And then also utilizing the touchpad, you know, um, with the Wii U, that was a big aspect to that console. And for the PlayStation, that's something that just they have, but they don't use it. They don't integrate it that much. So having it show up as something that you can use as opposed to the right joystick for me is still pretty impressive um, because, you know, you've got this tool, you know, and it's still like very much like the old controller, you know, but, you know, a few more buttons, but with this game, you can make it so that you're utilizing the touchpad and you're actually drawing art, you know, I need a straight line, I need a squiggly, I need a triangle to form the glider, you know, that you use to get off of buildings. Um, so yeah, that's what I was thinking that they just wanted something fun. You know, they wanted something that was uh, gonna force you to um, 
have to jam the buttons, but also use your brain while you're doing it. Yeah, I, uh, I've never played the game, but I almost get the sense that this was conceived by somebody who grew up watching Power Rangers and then played Pikmin or Pikmin. Pikmin, yeah, yeah. And basically it was just like, eh, eh, <laughs> see what happens <laughs> if we throw these together. But beyond that too, like I guess the other thing I'll mention, and I'm completely unfamiliar with the Wii U, but one of the biggest things like I heard about when they developed it was they really had all these grand plans for that touchpad. Like I remember there was a lot of talk of saying like, no, you can actually utilize it in order to play like a golf game to putt and things like that. Like it was beyond just like, oh, we can use this to draw something or we can use this as like a cute little gimmick. Like it was a really advanced tool. And honestly, when I was playing this, like part in the back of my head, I was thinking like, this would be an awesome game for a few years down the road when mobile games start really taking off where you could do an experience like this just using your touch screen phone and if you remove put it more like on rails and just had the different shapes and all the craziness going on and it would be a really neat experience and especially for the japanese marketplace i mean that's already kind of the future right now or or i should say the present but it'll only continue in the future. So um, I think that they had grandiose plans of like what the direction they saw gaming when the Wii U was first announced. And it turned out that all those expectations got tempered because ultimately it just became, eh, let's just give them what they want. Like they just want simple, straightforward bullshit. Like let's use our licenses. Let's not push the envelope too much because clearly it's confusing people. So um, yeah. So ultimately, do you think you're going to be purchasing this game, Trevor? Uh, once it's on sale, I think I will, actually. Um, I had quite a lot of fun with this demo. Um, it's funny you brought up Pikmin, because like, that was hanging on the tip of my tongue. I was like, this room. It's like, I, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Not since, and it, like, yeah, very much so. Um, that and Okami, which I never played, but I guess that game also has a drawing mechanic and mm -hmm. uh, has some development roots with this game like some of the same people worked on it or something um but the one thing i forgot to mention uh about the about the overall game experience is the the pacing and i think that ties in really well with what you're saying about the mobile aspect of it uh this game has a really cool flow to it where it's it has like chunks of levels divided up into like chapters essentially and this is where the the trophies or the medals that uh, dave was talking about how you get your platinum medals and stuff um it's for each chunk of each level um so damn dave that's a lot of medals you gotta get if you're trying to platinum <laughs> this game um, but the the flow of it kind of reminds me of like like a i don't know a, a wario wear uh, but with less cocaine because <laughs> Wario where it's like two, two literally two second mini games that you got to be quick you got to be on top of that shit <laughs> like you don't even have to like the, the beauty of Wario where is that you don't know what's coming you don't know the nature of the game or what the mechanics are but you have exactly one second to figure it out and they're designed so intuitively that you can do it um, and this game kind of had a similar vibe to it although scaled back a little bit where it's not that speedy um but every new environment or every new chunk of each level that was unraveling they teach you a new trick and if you already had the instructions on how to execute it um given to you before that 
like they'd give you a reminder like an on like an on-screen reminder just like save the people and it's like oh i know how to save the people i should save the people and then you do it and then a minute later you finish that section and the game kind of like ushers you along but it never feels like like it's bullying you like i didn't figure it out i, I missed that part <laughs> like hang on i left my keys in there <laughs> but but it it feels very natural like it feels like okay you learned that thing get over there <laughs> it's like the end of like double dare or some shit <laughs> physical challenge <laughs> get to the next station and inevitably lose when you reach into the big nose thing <laughs> but um i really love the flow of it and i could totally see this gameplay model uh working really well in a mobile environment like WarioWare or something where it's not the full gameplay experience maybe the cutscenes are in, are included or something but it's literally just Here's a challenge. Draw this shape or draw this sequence of shapes. You did it. Next level. Here's some here's some shiny bits and stuff for your your dopamine hit. <laughs> but I don't even know what I was talking about just then, but I'm going to pass the baton to you, Dave. Say something. <laughs> uh, so, damn it. I mean, you already just... purchased it, so we know where you lie. Oh, yeah, that was it. Sorry. Are you going to buy this game? Oh, wait, you already did. <laughs> yeah, already bought it. Uh, don't regret buying it. I bought it at the full price of $40, only to see it drop down to, I think, 25 bucks on the PlayStation Network. But um, I was more than happy to give them my money. If this was something that was not going to happen and it got crowdfunded, like for me to reinvest back into this process was was awesome. And the thing is, um going back the replayability is amazing on this game um yeah. for one example in trying to get the platinum you have to do a lot of things right well if you recall there's a scene after a bridge um matt you were talking about having to rescue those people on the burning buildings um so you finish that you go to the bridge you fight off a few bad guys you come across two more bad guys and then a prop helmet from a building falls down and my first run through was me just getting creamed because you know what? I didn't think to pick that thing up and use it as shelter as I ran through the streets, you know, giving myself cover from all those dropping bombs on me, you know? So, you know, uh, so that was something. And then I could give you a tip on how to get to that building. I don't know if you want it, but <laughs> it's pretty much. I'm going to figure got... it out on my own. Oh, damn it. Okay. That's, well, that's fine. I'm... I'm going to request a tip, actually, and, and I hope I can explain what this is precisely, because it, it may be something neither of you noticed, <laughs> but there's a part where you're on a bridge, like a bridge with water running under it, and I saw some folks in the foreground who were somewhat far away, and they're all like, hey, I'm here, help me, and I kept trying to get to them, so I was doing the thing where I was, you know, drawing a straight line, and, you know, sometimes they make a bridge out of their bodies, and you, you just run along the bridge to get to the other side. I kept trying to do that, and it, it just... I was reaching them, but it wasn't doing anything. And eventually right. I tried jumping into the water and I didn't die. So the game was like, okay, it's, you're, you're okay down there. And I found some people down there, which was really weird. I didn't expect that. So I saved them just fine. But then I couldn't get out. And I, I, I tried everything I, I had learned in the game until that point, nothing worked. Uh, so I ended up restarting the checkpoint. And of course, I'm stubborn. So I jumped in the water again and tried again, but it didn't work again. So I restarted the checkpoint and then just carried on. You got to go through the manhole, man. Yeah. Just like Mario. So um, you jump back up onto the ledge to the right of you, and then you run over and then you there's a manhole, you know, a tunnel. 
and it should queue up and then you'll run into it and then I'll pop you up back onto the main street. And that, that ties in with the puzzle that- I, I was going to say, you got to spoil it now, Dave, because honestly, that's the exact puzzle I'm referring to, Trevor. I, I think all three of us stuff. probably did the same thing. I spent a few minutes and a few tries trying to just draw a bridge over to those uh, people on the burning building. That's in the foreground, like you said. Yeah. Well, so after you use the helmet to cover yourself and run to the streets, you got two paths to go. You go to the character's left, which I think leads you to that level's boss. But if you go to the right, it'll lead you to a section where you can form a bridge, a proper bridge. So you'll utilize you know, all the civilians and your teammates. You run over there and then I believe the demo introduces you to a lot of powers that you have to purchase. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, yeah. so you got your full tool set. Well, for me, I didn't have a power and it's under Wonder Eyes Red where he turns into a rocket. And so that rocket shoots you high up in the air. And then once you release it, you can jump onto that building and collect all those people and jump back down. Gotcha. Yeah. So okay. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah, I think you have to level him up a few well, times that's to the get there. replayability that you're talking about, Dave. You have a reason to go back to previous levels then. Like if you if you didn't have that ability, you wouldn't be able to save those people. But if you get it later, then it's it's almost like a Dark Souls game or something. It's like, oh, we back to murder you momentarily. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just something that uh, I just was like, wait a minute, what's this rocket thing? And then like <laughs> figuring out that you had to pick up the helmet, you know, and like utilize that tool set in or that tool in your tool set and getting through that section, trying to get the platinum, which you have to do because otherwise you take too much damage and you just get consolation prize at the end. But, you know, using the bridge, which is pretty intuitive at that point in the game, but I tried forming the ladder, but, you know, of course, trying to form a ladder through a burning building, <laughs> not very wise to do when you're sacrificing other people on your team to do it. So, I mean, once I saw the rocket and that was something that I could purchase, I was like, oh, maybe I should check that out. So, you know, you form the bridge, you run over to in front of the burning building where it's safe to stand, you form your rocket, and then that'll give you an opportunity to get high enough to jump back over, collect all those people, and then continue on with the game. So, How would you find out about this game, Dave? Uh, I read about it probably about a year ago and before the remaster came out on PlayStation. Um, it was just one of those games that was like, hey, this game is probably coming out in about three months. It was uh, not a very popular game, but received a lot of critical acclaim. And I really enjoyed just the base mechanics that they presented that you had to utilize an entire team to make a fist or a sword or a whip to get through this area. Um, I like the colors. I'm very much into superheroes. I collect comics, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it was something that really attracted me. I, the title itself, The Wonderful 101, yeah. you know, just really kind of <laughs> was something where I was like, oh, what, what, what is this? You know, it was just very enticing. And if you could see the cover of the game, it's just a small dude, you know, who looks like, yeah, with, with just like a huge red fist coming up. So I was just immediately attracted to this concept. And I wasn't keeping track with it until I just one night was looking through the PlayStation uh, store 
and I had seen that this game was up for sale. So I just immediately purchased it and started playing it. I've been trying to get Jack to get in touch with it because it, because it has a Metacritic of 72. I think he's put it beneath, <laughs> beneath his. Jack is one of those where if that Metacritic score isn't high enough, it's not worthy of his attention because I really think this is a game that he would enjoy if he gave it a shot. But I'm glad you two checked it out. No, I'm definitely going to purchase it. Um, It might be a moment. I think I'm going to be like my brother and be a little cheap and wait for a sale just because I also have a ton of games still lined up in front of me. But uh, it's on my list of games I'll be picking up for certain. Um, I think what sold me on, honestly, was just the fact that there's absolutely zero reason for all of the additional characters outside the main colors to have any personality whatsoever. Like they could just be generic, like ninjas or guys in power suits with masks. But instead, you're allowed to pick up like this fat brewer guy who walks around with like a, a big mug or like a kabuki singer or a punk rocker, like all these just goofball characters that you just discover. And it's just so funny, like that sequence you're describing, Dave, like I didn't figure out the rocket portion to get to save the people on the tower but I did send a lot of my guys directly into the fire constantly trying to figure out how to build a bridge over it. And in the course of that, you just keep seeing like this chubby brewer guy, just like run in, catch flames, bounce off, fall back, get back up, hobble along. And like, that just adds to the chaotic nature of it that I just love is like that it could just be a generic, just NPC character, but no, they, they add all these little touches of personality that just make it so fun. And, you know, I have to say before we finish up here, but Wonder Green cracked me up too, that the character that provides a gun is just an overweight French kid that's always constantly eating in every cut scene. So uh, something about that is just really comical to me. <laughs> like, so. Oh, and his ego too. You know, I love how him and Blue are just constantly picking at each other because, you know, they one is better than the other, you know, in a sense. So... Yeah, I love Bluetooth just talking about, I I forget what the material his blade's made from, but he always has to specifically say it's this type of sword. And that's the reason I'm going to cut you in half is because of my whatever, you know, X blade. So yeah, grand old time. Really grateful that you uh, recommended this one, Plumber. Anything else, gentlemen, to share regarding the wonderful 101? No, I think I got it all out. Dave? I'm... I'm glad that the demo was as long as it was for you guys. Um, I was expecting to have a conversation about just the bus scene, you know, where, <laughs> where you know, you're on the bus and then you get Wonder Blue and then, you know, you collect all these people and then you force them to like make a rail <laughs> where the bus is like hanging on them. And then you jump down into the courtyard, but I mean, to experience as much as these guys did and to have like all the tool sets, like, you know, for me was pretty impressive. So I was kind of taken back by when you guys were like, oh, we fought the three-headed dragon. I was like, wait, what a minute, what? You know, like you're probably about two levels, you know, less than where I'm at in this current point, so. Yeah, and it lets you save your data, too. So if I do purchase it, I don't have to go through all that bullshit again. That's really kind of them to provide that feature. All right. Well, guys, gals, and any non-binary pals, thank you so much for listening. Take care. Bye.